Good morning, everybody. Sitting to me here again, as my grandma would say. Um, yeah, I've got myself a new tripod. I lost, well, not a new tripod, a new selfie stick, because I lost the old one. I had no idea where it went. And this one's got a little tripod on the bottom, and it's got this bit that you can detach, this bit here, and you press this button, and a little blue light comes on, and you just pair it with your phone. That's gone. Uh, you pair it with your phone, and um, I have absolutely no idea how it works, so I very much doubt I'll ever find out. Anyway, that's interesting. Right, uh, it's only Q&A. Good morning, all. Mostly today, we're talking about tramping, I think. Um, oh, by the way, you notice I've got ads now. I say, <laughs> for the moment, I'll let you know how it goes. Um, I've, you've got to do, you to do various different things. I had to do um, a thousand subscribers, four thousand viewing hours. Subscribe to something called AdSense, and now apparently I've got to go through all the videos and click on them, which I'll probably be doing up until about lunchtime when the in-laws are coming around for dinner. Uh, yeah, I don't think you have to watch them. I think you can press skip ad if you want. I'll let you know how it goes. There we go. Anyway, what have we got? Right now, it's the hammock thing, really. Uh, Steve Davis says about the hammocks. He says, get yourself um, a self-inflatable mat, like an inflatable mat, keeps you cold off your back. Um, and then there's some people out there that obviously are doing this better than me, the more professional people out there. Uh, Darren, the class one man in a van, who has actually got, I've said this before, he's got his own channel now. He's kind of doing... Um, a more of a day in the life type thing. So there's another guy out there doing YouTube videos. His name's Dan. He's typing Darren Class One Man in the Van. He's out there doing it as well. Give him a look. Why not? Um, he then straps on the video that I said I've got no idea what these are for. Apparently, are for adjusting the height. So you kind of put the straps around the wooden bit and then you click the carabiner on them and you put the straps around the other wooden bit and you put the carabiner on them and that makes it much better. Um, Gary John Baker, who's a uh, who comments all the time. Hello, mate. Um, he says, get yourself a Duvalay, D-U-V-A-L-A-Y, memory foam mattress and sleeping bag. Um, and this kind of, I've looked at this online, and it's kind of like a sleeping bag, but I think there's a pocket in the bottom, and it's kind of designed for people that are camping in tents and stuff like that. And I assume you pull the mattress out the bottom, lay the mattress down, put the sleeping bag on the top, or maybe the mattress is part of the sleeping bag i'm not 100 sure um and he said that's much more comfortable he said like he says you're turning over at two o'clock in the morning in a hammock it's going to kill your back um he's i mean these are all very good valid points i know also there's a guy out there my mate ken um who, who you know hello ken i hope you're doing all right he used to get yourself a cart bed uh, this is like a fishing thing for when you go like night fishing and stuff like that. You get your bivouacky tent type thing. And so you get these cart beds. Some of them have got six legs. Some of them have got eight legs. He says you want eight leg one because it's much more sturdy. And it just kind of goes one of these bang, 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 click together. And then you put the mattress on top and it's like a proper bed. Um, and then finally for me and the shipper, hello mate, C11 Yan. He says for £270, you can get a made-to-measure cabin mattress. And he said, 100 quid will buy you a set of curtains with the rails that go all the way around. Now, that's obviously the proper way to do it. So, well, you know, you see him sleeping. Again. So what you do is when you park up, shut the curtains, click your bed down. It's like a nice little sort of Japanese station travel pod there, and you can probably plug your phone in. That's going to be the proper professional way to do it. But it's 370 quid. Now, bear in mind that I've got the Mini now, and I just I took the, the Clio for scrap, and they gave me £115 for a working car. <laughs> I kind of struggle with 370 quid for a bit of memory phone and, and, some, and some curtains. But then again, if you're going to do it all the time, if you're out there running all the time, Monday to Friday, that's your bed. That's, it's worth doing the money. For someone like me, the only reason I bought that hammock thing was... 
maybe, like I did with Scotland, one day a job pings up and you think, I can have that, I'm round the corner, I won't get home. Oh, but, you know, where am I going to I'm going to have to sleep in the cab again. Oh, no, the, the hammock's better. It's kind of like um, an, an emergency solution, if you know what I mean. It's not like um, this is what I'm going to be doing all day, every day. It's kind of a once-in-a-blue-moon thing. If I find that I'm doing it more, or um, I may well go and invest in one of these things, or maybe, you know, Christmas, birthday, what do you want? I'll have a carpet. bed. I'll have a memory foam mattress sleeping bag, please. I don't know. But at the moment, it's kind of, it was... You know, 35 quid for the term. And you can use the, the sleeping bag you're sleeping in the van as well, in the cab. Sing it underneath the seat. Um, that was another thing on the bags. You know, things that you keep under your seat. I also keep underneath my seat. I keep a fleece. I keep a pair of jeans. I keep socks, pants, toothbrush, deodorant, shower gel, all that kind of stuff. Um, toothbrush, toothpaste, all that kind of stuff that you're going to need if you get caught. You know, and the other thing is keep plenty of water in the van. You never know if you might get stuck in the snow. You might. <laughs> it does happen. Um, we'll come on to a few of those later anyway. So that was that. Uh, Daniel Bunker has started for the first time this week. Good luck, my friend. Hope it works out for you. Uh, Damien W. Asked me the question about should you book a job for the morning? I think definitely. I know there are some of us out there. There's some of the, some of the drivers out there. They'll sort of um, they'll get up, have a coffee with a family, go and find their first job around about nine o'clock in the morning. And some of these people might run till seven, eight o'clock at night. I personally get nervous if I haven't got a job booked for the morning. I've got one booked for tomorrow. Um, I've got my usual. Um, well, I get it nine times out of ten. Going from Hatfield to Nuneaton and back again. That hasn't come in this week. Fortunately, HBC rung me and I've got a job coming out of use in tomorrow morning, multi-drop picking up fridges. So I'm, I'm set for tomorrow. And from 9, 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, I'll keep half an eye out at CX. All day long, I'll keep half an eye, all day, looking for the job for the next day. And I want it as early as possible. You know, starting at 10 o'clock is no good to me. I need to be starting at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. By 9, 10 o'clock in the morning, I want to be tipped with my first job under my belt. That way, I get to do three jobs, three, four jobs in a day. Normally three. It's pushed to get four in that time. And I'm home to see the family at tea time. That's, that's just the way I work. You work any way you want to work. You know, you can tramp. You can go all over the place. You can stay out all week. You can work till midnight. I've got guys that work, um, they do the airport runs. They'll start at like midnight and end up in Manchester at four o'clock in the morning, three, four o'clock in the morning. Um, but they're getting decent money for it and they're happy. So you do it your way. That's the thing. Uh, yeah. Uh Feather slat, slav, sorry mate, rubbish accents. Do you use GPS tracking? Well, as part of the exchange, you get GPS tracking on the app. So they can automatically see where you are, how far you are away, that kind of thing. When I was doing the Amazon for a little while, when I started with Tony, um, they were giving us the jobs and they said, if you want to carry on doing these jobs, you've got to have a tracker fit in your van, you've got to have this certain tracker. I was still like rabbit in the headlights. I never got round to it. I don't know if you need to do them now. You can get trackers. They fit, um, I know, um, my mate, um, what we call him, um, Simple Brian. He has them on his vans because he's got rental vans and you can plug them into the um, the USB port of the van, you know, that bit where the diagnostic port, I believe. And then you can have a look on your computer. You can see who's doing what in what van, how fast it's going. That's what he does for his hire vans. Um, <laughs> he said to me once, he said a guy come in, he said the brakes don't work very well on this van. He went, really? Well, how come he's doing 90 up the motorway then? And the guy went, what? Oh. 
kind of, you know, they're trying to get a bit of money off. They don't realise you know exactly what they're doing type thing. Um, as far as I've, I've, I've never bothered getting a separate tracker fitted because you've got the tracker, the GPS tracker on the app. So they can tell you, the shipper can tell you where you are, what you're doing, that kind of thing. Um, it's also, you know, it's dead handy for the shipper's point of view because they can see that you're, you're picking up the job when you said you would and you're going to the job when you said you would. And also, I mean, there's the technique that I know, I know there is a technique out there for co some people who co-load when they're not supposed to co-load, turn the tracker off. Go and pick up the co-load, then turn it back on again. You may as well wave a red flag going, I'm co-loading. Hello, I've turned my tracker off because I'm co-loading over there. It's They're more likely to spot the tracker's turned off than spot the fact that you've gone off route. So I just think the best thing to do is not co-load. Just go get the job, pick it up, deliver it. Unless, of course, you know, you can and you can ask permission, but just go get the job, get it done. And it's not worth the grief a lot of the time. And you always end up with a job gets delivered late and you get stressed and you go and you get to, you think, oh, this is going to go lovely. And then you get to the first place and it's shut and you're like, oh, I've got to get a second one off. Just don't do it. It's just not worth the hassle. Um, right, what else have we got? Craft Constanaza. Pitfalls, he's having a bit of problem. He's up in the Midland bidding 75p medium van. Um, I've done a few videos on the best way to do it. Like I say, try and get yourself a job in for the morning. Um, if you're struggling with a 75p, you can go a little bit cheaper. Maybe try and get out of the area. If in the Midlands you want to be maybe a bit more Manchester, a bit more Leeds, a bit more Sheffield, or as you come further down the country, you might get something. Or just, so just stick with it. Just keep going. It, it takes a little while sometimes. You get into your own groove. And after a while, you'll be you'll do a job for someone. And... Um, then they'll ring you again, and then you'll get another job. And it kind of, it's not, it, it's not so easy at first, but it comes and it kind of grows. And it's in the nice possible way. It's not something that I can tell you how to do. It's kind of everyone's got their own different way of doing it, and there's no right or wrong way. I say some of them are running night times, some of them are running day times, some of them are here, some of them are tramping, some of them are not. It's down to you. It just kind of grows, but it does work. Um, just stick with it, and it will come. I hope. So, and also watch all the videos because there's probably something in there that might be useful if you like. You can skip the ads. Um, Darren Wilcox. Hello, mate. He's on the phone. Um, oh, yes. Thanks, mate. Yes. You said, can, you know, because we did the thing about insurance. Um, you know, you need your public liability. You need your goods in transit and you need your hire and reward stroke light haulage. He said, can you stamp on my foot, break my toes and then we can split the public liability between us. It's a nice thought, mate. But you know what they're going to say? Um, you were wearing steels. Or why weren't you wearing steels? We're not paying out. So besides, I kind of like my feet the way they are. Thanks. Um, Jonathan Lawrence. He says, stay away from the insurance thing again. He says, stay away from comparison sites. Now, I kind of had this when we were trying to get, like, um, an umbrella public liability for the firm. And as soon as you hit that comparison site, the phone just goes, bing, bing, bing. And start ringing you and sending you texts and going, have you got your And you're like, oh, for God's sake. Um, he said, in the end, he used a firm called Stanley Head. And they worked out whatever. He said, we could talk to them. They were fine. I'm currently with Insurance Revolution. So that's another firm you can check. But like I said on the video, I think your best bet probably first portal call is probably Business Choice Direct because you can get the discount with them, which you can't get with anybody else. I'm not saying go with them. I'm saying get a quote with them. Then maybe get a quote from Stanley Head and then maybe get one from Insurance Revolution or Churchill or whoever you're with. But I think it's worth giving them a bell. 
Um, I know that when I change my insurance in about a month's time, I'll talk to Insurance Revolution, and then I'm going to talk to Business Choice Direct and see what they can do for me. I'm hoping they can do something for me. I don't know. I'll find out. But I'm sure they probably can. I think they're recommended by the exchange. They can't be that bad, can they? Um, things to have in your bag. We're coming back to like things under the seat. Long finger. But this has come up. You know, this is a, a, a head torches. He said head torches are a must. That kind of things you see people jogging four o'clock in the morning, got the, like the the, the pit, the, the lamp on, like you know, it's yeah, they're, they're an absolute winner again. Amazon, best place to go for head torches, according to him. Um, oh, Jason Burke's pulled up again. He said, the, sorry, pulled up. It's about the knife law. Uh, hang on, let's come back to that in a minute, right? So, he said Amazon. Also, other things, baby wipes are handy. Um, gloves are dead handy as well. I mean, they don't have to be in the bag. You can have them in the... I've got my my gloves are on the dashboard. The baby wipes are on the inside of the thing. Like I say, the stuff underneath the seat. Um, I'll carry two coats. Uh, the high-vis, you need that in there as well. Um, another guy, um, Mike Pulpit, he said, bought himself a 12-volt kettle. He said, that's dead handy. He says, then you get the sachets with the coffee and the tea. And also, you can have a pot noodle. You can also, you know... He said, that's dead handy. You can also get them sort of gas stove things where you put the gas bottle on the side. I know, again, Ken, he goes into um, Aldi's, gets the meatballs, or he gets himself the burgers, the fry bag. It depends on how much time you spend in the van and how far you want to go. I mean, you can put a microwave in. You can put a fridge in. You can have a bed in the back. You can make it like its own little bed set. It kind of depends on how long you're going to be in there. I tend to be home, so I just carry the stuff for emergencies. I tend to have two of these. They're really good as well. They're like, I'll I'll come on to those. I'll do that another day. It's water. But I've I've stopped dumping the plastic water after watching the Jonathan Pye thing with Chris Backerman. And I thought, I'm sick. I keep moaning, you know, I'm going, yeah, we really care about the environment and throwing away other plastic bottles. So I've got, but that's another story. Um, But that's all, honey. And also, uh, Jason Burke says, he said, on the knife floor, Apparently, because I said, you know, I've got a knife in my bag. I'm not quite sure how that works. He said, you're allowed to carry a non-locking pocket knife up to three inches. Now, in the old days, we I always used to have on the market, I always used to have on my key ring a Swiss Army knife because they were dead handy. You've got the two the blades for opening boxes and then got the saw blade and then the Phillips screwdriver when you've got to change the bulb in your van and the normal screwdriver. And then I discovered after a while a Swiss Army knife about that fat. And all I was really doing was basically using it to open boxes. So... And then I just dumped the Swiss Army knife and just got the one blade. Because pretty much what I did with it all the time, open boxes. Um, and also I saw this thing on the guy from the army, the British army. He says Swiss Army knife. Why are there, incidentally, why is there a Swiss... Swiss Switzerland's a neutral country, right? So why have they got an army? And in fairness, I know that they've got an army because once I went into raiding and I went to the Vatican City and the Swiss Army, as I understand it, guards the Vatican City... And it was these blokes in multicoloured Harlequin outfits with shoes with pom-poms on, shaking their feet as they marched. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, so coming back to it, the guy from the British Army said, if you're proper trained in a knife, you can do everything with a normal knife that you can do with a Swiss Army knife. That's not true. Uh, try and undo a Phillips screw with a, Swiss, with, with, with a normal, with a tip of a normal knife. Well, maybe you can. Maybe I'm just useless, probably. Um... Yeah, and then the other things you carry in a van, of course, uh, wipes for the dash. Keep it tidy when you're sitting there and you're waiting to get in. It's good to have a clean van. Good for you. Good for the soul. Good for the shipper. Windowing is another good one. Get um, either window wipes or just get some kitchen roll and some window. And then when you sit there, just clean your windows and clean your wing mirrors. 
get the dirt off, that kind of stuff. So that's kind of a bit, that's kind of it really. That's what we've been talking about this week. So um, yeah, like I say, I'm going to go back now and ping a load of ads on all the videos that I'm going to go back and do them because, hey, end it for the money. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, I hope you're all well. Don't forget to check out Darren, um, Class One, Man in a Van. He's the new guy on the scene. Um, and um, I hope you're well. And I hope you've got it all booked in. And I hope you're enjoying the rain. And take care, take money. Bye, guys. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.